episode 55. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. Let's go to South Carolina to visit with Hannah Lindsay Lane. Now, this young lady is very talented. She's so good, she writes poetry while in math class. Check that out, and she's got a dadager. So strap up your seatbelts, and let's go for a ride. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Is this Hannah? It is. The big star. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It's James Kevin O'Connor. You can call me Kevin if you like. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> so how was your day? It was good, I guess. I had school. <laughs> Down there in South Carolina, right? Yeah. In, and I pegged you for a Hollywooder when I first saw you on Reverb Nation. <laughs> I would. I'm from California, but not down the south side of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So how are things going for you in your busy life? I'm sure with school and everything else, balancing all your talented activities, how's it treating you? Um, It's good. I maintain my grades. I maintain an A-B average while doing shows and recording. So Wow. Hope that- to go to a really good college or go out and pursue music. That's an accomplishment in itself, trying to maintain the great average while doing all of this work with music, which it is a tremendous amount of work. Yes, <laughs> so, it is. So you've been, you started with musical theater, right? That was your first thing? Mm-hmm. I started very young. Yeah. I, four years old? <laughs> yeah. It was, I, I've always loved it. I think from the second I went on stage, it's something that I've really enjoyed and I knew that I belonged up there. Right. So when did it start with you to say, hey, you know, I'm going to turn to music with this or did you start singing immediately also? Um, the musical theater came along with the singing, I think. I think I always really enjoyed singing. I always heard my dad playing and singing around the house and so I started singing and then I feel like the first outlet that my parents were able to get me to pursue singing in was musical theater. So your dad's also a musician, right? Yes. So that must have been so cool with you growing up with him around, like, you know, kind of kind of paving the way for you and showing you how it was done. Yeah, it was. I mean, he was the person who taught me how to play guitar, and that's very uh, a big part of why I was able to start writing music. I mean, I started writing before I knew how to play guitar, but things became more serious once I really learned that in a musical instrument. So you, you immediately knew you were a songwriter, so it was a natural thing for you. Yeah, I actually started writing poetry very young, and then it just turned into songwriting, and I created melodies. So. That's even better that you, were, you were, had that poetic you know, uh, vein to your life. That's really, really cool. Yeah, I, I still write poetry, and a lot because some, some things can't be put into a song, right. I think. So I write short stories or poetry. I'm really good at essay writing. Teachers love me for that. <laughs> well, that's great because um, sometimes you're just not in a position where you're near a piano or a guitar or whatever, and you don't really need it all the time. Uh, I think it's sometimes kind of good to be removed from it. You know, uh, something different comes out. It's true. It's very true. I'm, I find myself in the middle of class just starting to write poetry. Like I wrote two poems the other day <laughs> in the middle of math class. 
Oh, really? Did it help your math? Did you get an A? <laughs> yeah, I have an A in math right now. <laughs> See, there's a bleed through there. Something really cool. It's, it's stimulating your creative side, I think. It, it really does. Um, I find myself getting distracted sometimes in class because I have a short attention span. Right. But I am able to get on task right after I get, can get my thoughts out on paper, and then I can go back to whatever I was doing. Right. So, so it, you've used that as like an advantage then. I have. Yeah. Definitely. That's cool. You got to, you got to teach that to people, Hannah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people like that and they just fall apart, you know, like ah, I'm ADD, I'm a mess, but, uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Hey, let's let everybody know, uh, what you sound like. So let's play a little taste of feel good vibe. What do you think? Okay. Here we go. This is Hannah with feel good vibe. Sing in the rain Untamed I escape from the cave So move on out of my way I'm getting ready to play I've got that feel good vibe Running inside And with that white heart Love keeping me alive Done looking for the answers For me for your investors I'm a dreamer and I'm driving blind With some good old strength and a bottle of wine I got that tick-tock clock helping keep the time Not open for the questions and put away your questions I'm a girl who's finally clear to mind Clear to mind Very, very nice. Hannah, that's awesome. Tell me about, give us a backstory on that song. Oh, um, actually, it's kind of a sad story. Uh huh. Um, doesn't sound sad. I mean, I me melodically, it doesn't sound sad, bad, it's, you know. It's ironic, actually. Um, my dad, who, um, his friend was also a musician. They grew up together in a band. Um, he was from New Jersey, where my dad was from. And uh, he was staying down with us for a while. And one night, it was like 11 o'clock at night, I tend to write at nighttime um, because it's the most quiet time of night, uh, like during the day and everything, with everything being so hectic. Right. Um, 
And he actually was had a sickness that night in the room across from me. And he was like, there was just blood everywhere. And I was singing and writing a song called Feel Good Vibe. Oh, jeez. So oh, it was a very weird situation. Yeah. No clue what was going on. What and a I dichotomy! Was, oh my goodness. So. So where? Tell me where? Um, where's your dad from in New Jersey? Um, he's from the Newark area, Belleville, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's not too far away from me. So, so you wrote that, and the memory for you was that that night with such trauma going on in the house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but tell so me. I didn't know about it till the morning. Right, but tell me about the song though. Also, like, what what is feel good vibe? I mean, it's it's got a real happy type of vibe to it. it. Just sounds great. Well, I I only wrote that chorus that night because I, when it comes to songs like that, like very poppy songs, uh, it takes me a lot more time than writing like a straight through kind of slower song. Right. Um, so I just had the inspiration. I was, I guess, I was in a really happy mindset that night and I was just sitting on my bed and I was really feeling the song I actually wrote it without a guitar so I wrote that one just straight up um in my book just created the melody and then I just had my dad help me out and um help me with some of the verses it was the first piece that me and him really worked together on right. I would say lyrically so did that milestone feel really good to you that you guys worked together on a song it did also because I was stuck um, for a bridge of the song, and my dad um, met this guy from Reverb, Reverb Nation that found me um, named John Condrone, and he helped actually put a bridge into my song as well. So I got to work with another artist, um, which was a great collaboration because I've never done that before. That's great. You know what? That immediately hit me the way you went into the bridge. I thought suited the song perfectly. I, I love bridges, and that was a really good one. Yeah, I, I really, really like it. Yeah, so. so do you do you write with your dad often? Or is this a one-time thing? Or what, what's the story with you guys? Um, I tend to write just by myself. I write songs within 15 to 20 minutes. The Lone Wolf. You need yeah. no help. <laughs> it's not that I don't need help. It's that I feel like I can piece things together with my mind by myself better. Right. And then he always puts in his input anyway. So when I show him a song, he'll help me tweak a few words or a little bit of the melody with guitar and everything. So he ends up working on it with me. Right. Just the foundation of the song is pretty much just mine. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, when, in, the, in the year of collaboration, which has been huge in the past, like, 10 years, but the last five years, it's been crazy. You know, you see some uh, songs with, like, you know, six, seven people writing on them. But collaboration is not really for everybody, I don't believe. I mean, I've tried it, and it doesn't really... I don't know. I just I feel the same way you do. I, I sometimes I'm just better working on myself, working you know by yourself. Um, so tell me about um, the production on that song. Like, who's doing the production, and where'd you guys record this? Um, well, I actually recorded it here on Hilton Head Island um, uh, with a producer named Greg that um, my dad found. Um, his name is Greg Critchley, and he actually is um, based out in LA now. He moved. Um, back to where he was from and he kind of just saw the song and really thought that he could do something with it because it was a completely acoustic song when I first wrote it and 
now it is not. Right, <laughs> it's right. It's a very hybrid song. Yeah. And he saw a vision for it, and I really enjoyed the way he produced it. So Well, the, I'll tell you, there's nothing like a good pop song still. I mean, it just... When it's done right, like your song clearly is, um, it's just a it's just a good feeling, you know. It just feels great to listen to that. Hey, um, let's listen to another one, and this is a little different. This is called "The Price of My Pain." Ooh, that one. <laughs> you want me to play it or no? Yeah, go for it. Okay, here we go. Listen to this one, "Price of My Pain." You always had me wish.
Wow, that is really, really haunting. So tell us about that one, Hannah. Well, that one sat in my yearbook, in my like my book, my songbook for four years, and it never really was brought to light until one day I just was playing it, I guess, in the house, and my dad heard it, and he really liked it and he asked me to play it again and then he asked me to play it again and again for probably like two weeks straight and so behind my back he went and he recorded the guitar track to it and then just brought me into the studio one day um my dad's friend um jeff riggs studio your soundstage in bluffton and um he was like you're gonna sing this today and we're gonna record it and i think we did it in one or two takes it was it's a pretty easy one, I guess, because it has so much emotion to it. Yeah. So were, yeah. was there something about that that um, not frightened you, but you just didn't want to come to grips with playing it out or recording it or too personal? Or what do you think? Um, a lot of my songs are very personal. Right. But uh, I think it was more that it was very out of my element. Um, it wasn't a song that I typically would just play out. Um if you like notice all my other songs, they're pretty happy or um, they have a sort of meaning to it to where I want to share it with people. Right. But that was one that just cause was very, very like situated on a situation um, for myself. And I guess I was being a little selfish and I didn't really want people to hear it. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought, you know, the contrast between you know, feel good vibe. And then I played that one earlier and I said, wow. <laughs> now, what happened to that happy girl I just knew a couple minutes ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, there's a lot of sides to me. And I tend to kind of keep to myself a lot of personal issues because I don't like to burden people. <laughs> um, but if I can help anyone out um, through my music, that's ultimately what I'm trying to do. Right. So what is the price of my pain? What is your pain? Um, it's about a boy. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. You know, that's how a, I guess, how old was I? 12-year-old, 13-year-old girl. Right. You know, first getting into, I'm young, so I was like, when I was first getting into like high school. Right. So, um, you know, it was, it was something that I, at the time, was you know, devastating, but I can look back on it now and say, I could probably apply this more to someone my age now, 16, 17, so. Right, right. But you don't know that, I mean, the first time you have something like that that's so invigorating, it's, it's you know, it's like, wow, it's the highest high, and then it can be just the lowest low when yeah. it just doesn't go, you know, the way it was supposed to, in your mind, it was supposed to go somewhere else. Exactly. So I don't. Th I think the first time is like, God, could I really feel any worse? This is just horrible, you know. But uh, exactly. but we do we do get past these things, right? Yeah, and honestly, a lot of my music that I I wrote a couple years ago is I look back on it and I think, you know, maybe I wasn't very mature back then, but I I obviously did have some sort of sense of. Um, and inner feelings that I needed to express somehow. Right. And that's how it started. Well, that's so. good. I mean, that's that's the advantage of being a songwriter. You can stay immature your whole life, which is great. <laughs> 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 hey, um, tell me about uh, performances. You mentioned that earlier that you're, um, you know, you're playing around, and is, are you just doing some local things like um, 
like where does one play? Do you do coffee houses or where do you play? Um, well, I don't perform alone. I perform with a little, not really, he's little because he's short, but he's my age. Um, but his name is Lee John Jr. And he is my best friend. And uh, we both perform together uh, at this local restaurant named Chow Daddy's. And we just started playing there this summer, and we absolutely love it. He's a crowd pleaser, and he dances, he sings, he does everything. And I recently just lost him to American Idol. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Um, hopefully, he, I am rooting for him all the way. I was there at his audition, um, and he's family to me. Right. So now, have you have you put out the call to replace him while he's doing American Idol? So... You know, were, were you flocked with thousands of guitar players on your front lawn? Um, no. I no. mean, one of my other friends actually wondered if I would do some solo things with him as well, which right. was nice. Um, but for now, it's also winter season, and we're on an island. So a lot of our business was tourists and um, playing outside and really, like, keeping like restaurants, you know, having fun with music and food. Yeah. So now it's winter, there's not a lot of um, like venues to play um, indoors in. Right. So a lot of that time goes into recording new music or I do musical theater. Great. Well, that's really good. I mean, uh, at least you keep the wheels going, right? You can't stop. I have to keep going. Yeah. Always. Oh, for sure. So, so tell me about um, tell me about your plans for the future. What do you think? What do you think you're going to be doing? Like, let let's fast forward like four years from now, five years from now. Where do you think you're going to be? Gosh, that's a tough question. I actually get asked that a lot, though. Um, well, I'm about to go to college. I would love to go to NYU. So, I hope to see myself in New York, um, possibly doing. Uh, recording music, working with other artists, playing around in the village, or um, on Broadway, I would love to do that as well. Um, or I could go the other path and I could just move out to LA. Um, I don't know yet. I'm very torn. I love school, so I do actually want to go to college and I want to get a degree. Great. Well, like you've got this down. I mean, anybody that can blow off their math and still get an A like while they're doing <laughs> something else, <laughs> that's yeah, cool. Yeah. I love if you get a chance, do the village. You'll love yourself for that. I mean, go to Folk City and all those places. I mean, it's so worth it to just, just even to do a couple gigs in those places is just worth it, you know? Yeah. Really, I really toured, cool. I toured NYU um, this summer, and my dad used to hang out in the village a lot in the 80s because he was a musician. And so he took me around, and he was like, these are places that I used to play at or places that I've seen people play at. And I'm like, that's just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. It really, it's really just, it's got so much history of all the, you know, Dylan and all the guys from the 60s playing in all those places. And all those places, most of them are still there, you know? They are. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really great. So, um, so uh, you, you got like so much in front of you that you could be doing and you're doing, you're doing videos. You got some videos up also, right? I do. Give us a couple of them uh, that we can look out for. Are you on YouTube with them? Uh, yes, um, my dad runs my YouTube page. Uh, he pretty much does all the technical and the producing stuff for me. Right. Um, I just kind of sing and write and learn new songs. <laughs> That's good enough. That's all. You're you're the talent, girl. You know, you made him like uh, he's your roadie, he's your assistant, is your manager. It's kind of cool <laughs> to have all that he's going my on. Dad. 
What's that? He's my dadager. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's the first I've ever heard that one. So let's play another one here. I want to play Glass House. Let's check this one out. Okay. Today I see you in your front yard Telling the taxi where to go The facade had truly faded And the truth appeared I used to watch you every morning Never wanting you to know Slowly your eyes grew weary And the light disappeared So tell us about that one, Hannah. Glass House. What's the story behind that one? Um, it's not really based off of something in particular, I guess. I didn't have like a motivation story, um, anything that really happened to me or um, to anyone that I know. But I guess subconsciously I may have witnessed things Um around uh, friends' houses and my own, I guess. Um, and it's basically just about, um, instead of an abuse, abusive relationship um, by the man, it's an abusive relationship by the woman. Oh, okay. Um, and it's something you don't see very often, I guess, or it's something you don't see very often because it's not in the media. 
Um, yeah, plus, plus nobody wants to admit that, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's like very emasculating for that, you know, for anybody to say, like, you know, this woman's beating the crap out of me. It's like, I don't want to say that. And I feel like it's, it's very, it's an emotional beating. It's not just a physical beating as like a man would beat a woman. Right. Um, that we hear a lot of. It's a very like emotional, they get inside your brain and they make you feel all these certain feelings that you should not get from someone you love. Right, right. It's always like, you know, how could this possibly be called love? Just like it's the antithesis of love if you ever saw it. Hey, I wanted to ask you about your influences, both as a songwriter and as a singer. Um, Two different, uh, many different ones for each camp or a lot of the same. Um, Tell us about, you know, how you got to the vocals you have and how you got to the writing style. Well, vocals actually are natural. I've never taken a vocal class in my life. Wow. Um, I want to because I think it's necessary. Once you get to a certain level, you need to learn all of your breath control. You need to learn not to lose your voice because I tend to have a habit of that, um, right. unfortunately. So, but vocal-wise, no. I pretty much just learn by ear. Um, it helps. My dad played um, a lot of older music um, when I was going to bed as a child. I have like a full CD, had things like Karen Carpenter, like very like older influences on there. And I think that also helped my writing style because I didn't listen to just what was on the radio. I listened to things from different decades. The Carpenters were amazing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, she was, she was incredible. Her writing and her singing, man, what a sound. So who, el- who else did you like as far as uh, vocalists? Who did you tune into like that resonated with you? Um. Well, nowadays, I really enjoy um, Tori Kelly. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yeah. Um, but I love, she influences a lot of my newer music. Right. A lot of her style, um, guitar-wise and vocal-wise. Um, but back then, a, a lot of it was just hearing, um, like, older music. And I absolutely love um it's kind of funny, but I, I love like Frank Sinatra and the forties. And I think nothing a lot funny of, about that. That's great. That's awesome. I, Some I of mean, that stuff it's, kills. It's weird for a 16 year old girl to say that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, what's, you know, what's kind of cool though. Um, I like the fact that the younger generations are embracing all the decades that preceded them because there's such a wealth of material out there. Yeah. You know, there's so much good music that's been created over the past 50 years that why wouldn't you just take it all, you know, just soak yourself in all of it? I try to implement different decades into my songs. Um, I like the styling and the, the phrasing of the 40s, and I love... Um, kind of the, the melodies of the 50s and the 60s, and I love the cooperation of like band members and the musical instruments from the 80s, and then like the, the 90s. I like the passion behind like all the punk rock music and like just how much they take their like personal troubles and they um, put them into music. And then even nowadays, there's things that are coming out um, like Tori Kelly or even Taylor Swift um, that are very personal, but they're also relatable. Right. There's there's tons of good music out, and uh, I love all the new stuff that's coming out. Hey, let me ask you about um, social media. Um, are you um, are you captain of that, or is that the dadager? Um, it's it's weird. Um, I I put 
a lot of things on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. He runs it, but I also do. It's not it's not one side or the other. It's, it's pretty much both of us. He runs my Reverb Nation account because that's something you have to do pretty right. much all, during the day. Yeah. And I don't have time for that. So, like, he'll um, sit down with me at the end of the day and he'll tell me that all these things like that are happening and then I'll reply to a few people, things like that. Right. Um, are you up on Periscope? No, okay. I don't know what that is. All right. <laughs> oh, you got to check out Periscope. That's the new bomb. Yeah, that's like, um, that's really, what happened was uh, Twitter created it. They, um, they purchased the app. And it's basically, it's a television studio that, that rides around in your iPhone. <laughs> so yeah, check it out. Um, you're going to hear a lot about it over, by the time this broadcast comes out, you'll probably be, um, you'll probably be on it. Um, but you can broadcast shows right from your phone. And people are starting to jump on board with that. Um, I just wondered, you know, as as far as, you know, you guys, the younger kids and the younger generations, you guys are all over the social. But I think everybody's getting into that um, for business, for, you know, for just for art, artistry. It's just serving everybody, you know. Oh, yeah. It's a way to stay connected. Um, and that's a huge thing now. Um you want to be heard around the world. You don't want to just be heard in your local town anymore. Right, exactly. Hey, I want to play another one here, Hannah. We got to play Happy. <laughs> right? Here's yes. Happy from Hannah.
Really, really good melodies. Really good. Thank you. You scared me with the storm. <laughs> yeah, that was my dad. I ran outside the first time I heard that. I said, what the hell's going on? Is there a hurricane or what's, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> he came up with that one. Yeah, it's a good song. Tell us, uh, tell us where, did we, where did we do that one? Was that one done in uh, South Carolina? Uh, yeah, all of my songs are done in South Carolina. Okay, okay. Um, Same group? Um, this was my first song. Was it really? Yeah. And, yeah. and did you put a smile on your Hannah face after you completed it? It did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I was written without a guitar because I didn't learn guitar until two years later. Right. Um, it was a a very good foundation, I think, for my confidence in writing songs. Um, I I mean, I guess I I've wrote songs before that, but they were not as serious as this. Um, because I was in seventh grade when I wrote it, so I was eleven, and I feel like that's the reason why it was my first real, real song because I was in middle school and I actually could understand things around me and could really put them into words. So everything yeah. clicked and it kind of turned your head when you finished this one. It did. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's what you're hearing is not the original song that I wrote um, exactly. Um, my dad actually wrote the bridge of it. Okay. Um, because I didn't know the structuring of a song yet. Right. So I knew that there was verses and a chorus, but I didn't know that there was supposed to be a bridge or something in the middle of it or right. <laughs> things like that. And so when he finally heard it and we ended up wanting to record it for my first EP, uh, he went back and he's like, all right, the song's too short. It needs a bridge. It needs something different. So he actually took a piece of one of his songs and turned it into my bridge. That's why he's the dadager, man. He's a surgeon. He's a musical surgeon. <laughs> yeah, right? That's um, cool. <laughs> so that's how that bridge came to be. And then we even realized that it was still too short. So I had to come up with another verse. And so I think it's the second verse in the song that um, was not part of the original song either. Right. Well, I'm, I play, was playing the radio edit. Is that the shorter cut down version? Oh no, that's the full song. That's the full. Okay, because yeah, three oh four. That's a. I mean, that's a classic Brian Wilson time song, man. If you can write a good song in three minutes, you are good. You know. Yeah. Hey. Um. Yeah. So this is great. Your stuff is really great. Um. I congratulate you on uh, how far you've come in such a short time. This is really cool. Thank you so much. So, hey, Hannah, so as we're winding down, tell everybody where can we buy your music? Where can we find you? Uh, social media, website. Can you give us like a um, little traffic signal here for everybody listening? Yes. My EP, uh, can, uh, it's called Breaking the Mold, M-O-U-L-D. Um, it can be found on iTunes. So if you want to purchase it there, you can get it there. Um, my name is Hannah Lindsay Lane actually, um, for my album. And that's my two middle names. Lindsay spelled a little weird. It's L-Y-N-D-S-A-Y. And um, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Reverb Nation. You can listen to it there. Um, a lot of the songs are on YouTube if you wanted to listen to it there. Um, and CD Baby, which is where I actually um, made the actual CDs, so you could buy it on there as well. Okay, great. And you're on Facebook, of course, and Twitter. Yeah. I am on Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Um, so if you wanted to look me up, uh, my Twitter handle is HannahLane014, at symbol first. 
Okay, awesome. Great. Everybody, check out Hannah's work, her CDs, her videos, her music on SoundCloud. Anywhere you need to type in Hannah Lindsay Lane, you will find her work. So uh, please check it out, support her, purchase her music, and uh, say hello on the socials. Hey, Hannah, thanks so much for being part of Dharmic Evolution. I appreciated you coming on the show. I know I pulled you away from homework and a lot of other activities and songwriting i'm sure so you need to get right back to work right yeah thanks <laughs> so much though yeah thank you i had a great time with you today i did too <laughs> well what a nice young lady and smart and has such a good sense of herself and what a great artist as well hannah Lindsay lane had a great time with hannah today on the show i hope you guys did as well and uh to get all the links and everything you need to find Hannah, they are, as always, in the show notes. Check it out. And uh, coming up on Wednesday the 20th, we go to Southern California for episode 56 and a visit with Angelique Bianca. Now, Angelique, what an amazing woman and the story of how she takes her talent around the world, literally. So check that one out. And swing over to dharmicevolution.com. Check out all the content on the site, including my coaching page. And if you are a podcaster new to the space or thinking of becoming one, I can help you. So just email me at kevin at dharmicevolution.com and uh, I'll tune you up on that. There's also videos, photos, conversations, music downloads, and links to all of my past guests. If you have been on this show, you are on that site. Don't forget, the downloads are free. But the content, it's priceless. That's it for me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, uh, see you from the stage.